uncovering your truth and fire, one conversation at a time. This is the Spitfire Podcast. Hey guys, it's Lauren Lemonian, business and life coach extraordinaire out of Washington, D.C. I hope you are enjoying the Spitfire Podcast. And if you haven't already, go ahead and subscribe at Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. Tell your friends, tell your family, tell your Uber driver, tell everyone that matters and keep being awesome. Can introverts be Spitfires? Our guest today is going to answer that question for you. And here's a little sneak peek. It's a hell yes. Patricia Brooks is an author, and she decided to quit her job, pack up her life, and move to France because she was inspired to do so. And we're going to hear her story and what she's inspired by and what's next for her. She's finished a book. She's moved. She's a couple weeks in, and now what? So we're going to talk to her about what grounds her, what inspires her, and what she's challenged by. Enjoy episode 20 with Patricia Brooks. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another awesome episode of the Spitfire podcast. We have my friend Patricia Brooks on today. She is in France and she's not a French national. No, no, no. When I met her in coaching certification school, she was dead set on getting herself to move to France. And we knew she was going to do it. She's going to set her wings and fly. And in between, she wrote a book. And we're going to talk about the book. We're going to talk about her journey and the challenges that she's had, the inspiration she's had. And she does not think she's a spitfire, but I do. And that's why I've had her on the show. So thank you so much for joining me, Patricia. Thank you for having me, Lauren. So you're in France. Where in France are you? I am in a town. It's a city called Perpignan, and it's in the south of France. It's about an hour train ride from Barcelona, Spain. and um, it's, it's beautiful here. Oh, my God. How did you pick this city? Well, I, I, went to, I came to France in 2015. That was the first time I came. That was about a month after we had our first um, training, Mod 1 training. Mm-hmm. And I'd gone to Paris and another town um, in the central France. And I knew Paris was too big for me. And the other town I went to, Aix-en-Provence, was nice, but I just didn't suit me. So I knew that there was a town out there for me. So the following year, 2016, May of 2016, I decided I was going to do some exploring. And I started out in Toulouse, and I was in Toulouse for four or five days. And I had met up with some people that I had met through other people. But I had a free day, and I uh, had a travel book. And I saw this town called Perpignan in the book. And I thought, I'm going to go there. That's how neat. And so I took the train. It was a two-hour train ride from Toulouse. And I, when I stepped out of the train station, which um, Salvador Dali has called the center of the world, <laughs> um, and walked down the palm tree-lined street, I, something just overcame me. I felt so completely free. And I had this moment and it's a weird moment. And I tell people about this and some people say, oh, I get it. And some people say, really? And you move there. But in the movie, uh, The Silence of the Lambs, when Anthony Hopkins or Hannibal has escaped and he calls Jodie Foster and he says, I'm not going to call on you because the world is too beautiful with you in it. And then he lets the phone dangle and he walks off into the distance I thought to myself, this feeling that I have here in Perpignan, this is how Hannibal Lecter had to feel in that moment. And it was at that moment I thought, hmm, I think I just found my new home. 
So that's, that's how I selected brilliant. it. <laughs> oh my God, you had a Hannibal moment. Yeah. Yes. But, <laughs> but how interesting that what Salvador Dali called the center of the world became your center spot. Yeah, yeah, it's, 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 yeah, that's interesting. And I think there's a piece of me who has, who didn't think she was creative, but after writing Growing Bold, I feel like, oh, I am a creative person. And I think that many creatives have come to France to write or paint or do whatever it is that they, uh, their creativity um, allows them to do. And I think, hmm, yeah, that's why I'm here. So cool. I'm so proud of you. I was, I've been watching your journey and I was like, she did it. Yeah. <laughs> like, we were all cheering for you. We're like, hell yeah. Yeah. It, it's, it's been exciting. Um, exciting. And then kind of the first two weeks were just like, oh, I can't believe it. I'm here. I'm actually living here. And then into the third week, I'm at the end of my third week now, I started to feel like, oh, now what? I, you know, I reached this big goal. Mm-hmm. And I'm kind of feeling like I'm not anchored. I feel like I'm kind of uh, rambling or aimless. And so that's when I decided I needed to do another vision board. And mm-hmm. I started on that last weekend and I still need to put some finishing touches on it. But I feel a little bit better now that I have something to work toward now. Gotcha. So when you're doing a visioning board, do you have a question? Do you have a framework? What do you do for inspiration when you're when you're putting it together? Well, I generally have, you know, I say, oh, now I'm here. Now what? I really had an idea of what it is I want to do here. I want to write my next book, um, which I have a working title for it. And the first book is Growing Bold, of course. But the working title for the second book is Walking the Talk. Mm. And um, yeah. And so I want to, you know, have as many experiences here as possible and, you know, see what comes um what kind of content that brings for the book. Mm-hmm. So that was, and, and writing that book is definitely a goal of, uh, for this year. Also, you know, knew that I wanted to become fluent in French and I thought, oh, I'm going to be in France. It'll be that much easier. But I found that, you know, unless I'm out there talking to people all the time, it's not going to be that easy. Mm-hmm. And meeting new people in this, this foreign place isn't as easy as I thought it would would be. What I do for inspiration, I kind of already start with a with what it is I want to work on or what I, what I want to reach. Um, but I find that putting it on a vision board in images and and in words um, really kind of anchors me. It, it really makes it as if I'm committed to it. Um, committed to this goal or this vision. And it kind of really just centers me and focuses me. I'm so curious to know how someone who didn't think they were creative had had the chutzpah to go out and put themselves out there and write a book. Well, I, I think France is magic for me because in 20, May of 2016, while I was in France, was when I got the the book, my book title came to me. Mm-hmm. So I'd been in Toulouse for five days. I had had this wonderful moment in Perpignan. And then I went on to Lyon, France. And that's another big city. And I was I'd scheduled to be, I was scheduled to be there for, I don't know, five days. And I actually had to find my way back to Perpignan because 
my visit to Perpignan was a day trip. So I didn't even spend a night here. And I said, oh, I couldn't stop thinking about it. So I, so I came back to Perpignan. But when I returned to Lyon, that was when I, you know, was lying on the bed and it's in the book. I was lying on, on, on my bed and I was drifting off to sleep. And I heard myself ask the question, you know, how can you be in France traveling all alone to four different cities by train? Um, how, how are you able to do this when just a few years ago you didn't even want to go out of the country? Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I jolted awake when I heard the words, you are growing bold. Mm. And so, so that I sat bolt upright and I wrote that down. And at that moment, I started writing Growing Bold. Now, of course, what I wrote um, in France in, I guess, the first month or month and a half was kind of throwaway because I didn't have focus. I didn't have structure. I was just writing, right? It was kind of stream mm-hmm. of consciousness. But it was through that, you know, that hearing that book title and feeling like, wow, Patricia, you really accomplished a lot here in and in, in doing this thing that you never imagined you could. And then just getting getting the idea for the book title gave me the idea that, you know what, you have something to write here. What was the thought process when you were writing the book? Was it was it your story? Were you trying to inspire people? But what was the big like, I've got to write this book for this? My thought was, I have to write this book so that other people can experience the peace and contentment of doing things you didn't think you could and then achieving them and recognizing how powerful you are. You know, after writing the book, you know, I had, you know, the the full title of the book is Growing Bold, How to Overcome Fear, Build Confidence and Love the Life You Live. And so I'd written the book, wrote the book from May to August and then worked with my editor from August to December. And I pushed hard on my editor to, you know, complete the editing process because I was ready to to publish this. I had I felt like I had something to share and I wanted to help as many people as soon as possible. Mm-hmm. And so she finally <laughs> finished and she sent it in an email saying, you know, final versions. And in that instant, I was petrified because mm. While I, while I had this goal, this vision of helping people to get to the point where I was, where I was doing things that were pretty bold, pretty daring um, and experiencing, you know, really, really um, uh, a joy and contentment that I had never felt before. I I was I was petrified because here I'd written about myself and some things that, you know, my, my sh- the shadow side of my personality. And I thought to myself, oh, am I really ready to share this with the world? Mm. And it was, I got that email from my editor in the morning. And I guess by six or seven o'clock at night, I asked myself the question. I said, you know, why did you write this in the first place? Mm-hmm. And the answer was, well, to help other people. And I thought, I'm not going to be helping other people if I have this, this finished book, finished manuscript, and I don't share it with people. So I need to be vulnerable and put this out there because, you know, my experience and um, who I have been in the past 
can definitely help other people. And so at that moment, I realized, well, I don't know if you ever really overcome fear, but I think you can make it easier to move through it. Mm-hmm. And so that was an aha moment for me as well. Yeah, it's so interesting because, you know, we're going to do a little IPEC speak, but people always talk about the gremlins of the inner critic and how do I get it to go away? What do I do to make it less powerful? And it's so amazing that it's like, no, this is always going to be there. But how do you make it work for you? Yeah, yeah. And I think that's always I mean, I still I still feel that way. You know, I feel like, okay, I wrote the book. So, oh, yeah, I can move to France. And so I moved to France. And like I said, that first two weeks was great. And then that third week was like, oh, oh, crap. <laughs> yeah. Here. Yeah. I quit my job. What am I going to do? <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, you know, it's so amazing. It's like um, I, I wrote a blog about the goal hangover. So when you put all of your energy to get to one point, but then once you do it, once you achieve it or you get close to it, then what? What do you do? And it's like a whole reset and a shift of like the next phase. And if you don't have that plan for after the goal, yeah, it could be a drop. Right, right. And, and then hence the the need for my vision board, right? Because yeah. I'm like, that will anchor me. I can you know place that where I see it every day and I can focus and I can make sure the things that I'm doing um, are structured and are uh, in that going in the direction of, of my goals. You're so smart. If only everyone could think that way. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so what what was the most challenging part of writing the book? I think I think the editing process was mm-hmm. because I really have to say that I almost feel like the book wrote itself. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like I would wake up at four o'clock in the morning and I just write and it, you know, this, this good material would come to me. So I felt like I was definitely being um, fed <laughs> um, from a higher spirit um, to write it. So the actual writing um, and the discipline to write it, that wasn't the hard part. The hard part, I think, was the hardest part was working with my editor, who is wonderful, but she did more than just edit, you know, for for grammar or punctuation um, or spelling. She basically she did um, structural editing on the book, oh, wow. which meant that a story that I had in chapter one, she said to me, hmm, I think that story belongs in chapter three. And I think you need another story here that illustrates this point. And so she was moving things all around like it was a puzzle. And I, I'm a project manager by trade. So I'm a very logical person. And so I knew that the way I had outlined the book, the way I had written the book made sense. This happened, then this happened, then this happened, then this happened. And I felt, found it really hard to allow her to move things around so that the book could be better. Gotcha. So where do you think your inspiration comes from when you write? It comes from all over the place. It's in everyday experiences, you know, and and, and it might be an everyday experience that doesn't really resonate at the time. But that next morning or the next couple of mornings, I will it will come to me and I will I will see that experience you know, coupled with another experience. So, for example, I recently wrote a a blog post 
about finding your balance. And it had to do with this quote, this quote by Einstein. No, life is like riding a bicycle. In order to not lose your balance, you must keep moving forward. And that came to me. I heard that quotation six months ago. And but it came to me last week because, again, I felt was feeling off center. I was like, okay, here I'm here now. Now what? And I felt like I was starting to not move forward because I didn't have that goal. Right. Mm -hmm. And so so feeling that way, you know, brought up this this memory of this quotation. And I'm like, oh, okay, I can use that in a blog post and I can help other people so that they can realize that, oh yeah, you need to keep moving. You need to keep, you know, having a goal in front of you so that you can, so you don't lose your balance. So you don't, you know, you know, fall. So you don't start to feel um, down in the dumps. That's so interesting that, you know, you end up helping yourself by writing to help others. Oh, absolutely. And I think that that's why I like writing. I think that's why I write is because, you know, for me, you know, one of one of my values is connect connection and connecting to people. And I feel like in writing about my experiences and and trying to help people is definitely um, and if somebody's reading it and they're getting some value out of it, then I have made a connection, even if I don't I don't ever see that connection. I think that that's the difficult part about, you know, being a writer is that you write by yourself and sometimes you don't even know if anybody's ever reading what you're writing and you want and I want so desperately to help people, you know, through my writing and connect. And so it can be a little bit lonely. So that's why I translated Growing Bold into French or had Aha, Growing Bold translated <laughs> into French <laughs> because I somebody said that writing a book is like having a glorified business card. And, you know, after publishing Growing Bold, I realized that it really kind of, you know, it was um, open doors or it was a, a, a good place to to start a conversation. Right. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, really? Well, tell me about that. And so, you know, through talking about that. I was able to connect uh, with people. And so I thought people, you know, this is something that if I had in French while I'm, when I'm over in France, if I can say, oh, you know, you know, the interesting thing is I wrote a book and that that's something I talked about in my book and that they could go to Amazon and purchase a copy and then read about that, that that would definitely open doors and and forge connections. So. Um, so that was one thing that I did. Um, and I just on Wednesday, I hit approve on Create Space. So now it's available. Um, so I'm pretty happy about that. And it's called Vive Un Vie Dodas, which is live a life of daring. So it doesn't translate exactly, but but that's what it is. I think that's a cool title, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. It is. And so, you know, you ask me how I'm, you know, creating connection. So that was one way. Uh, but another way was in 2017, when I came back to France, when I came back to Perpignan, I um, connected with this meditation center called heartfulness.org. And they have um, a center in Richmond, Virginia, which is where I'm from, and um, and other centers all across the world. And they have one here in Perpignan. So I've um, plugged into that. So I go um, every Sunday and I um, 
have told um, the the woman who runs it, you know, that I've written this book and that I was having it translated. And so I think that there may be opportunities for me to speak there um, about the book. So that will be another challenge that um, I welcome making um, making a speech in French. <laughs> but if someone came across you and you, you know, were having coffee next to them and they said, yeah, that worked for you. You know, clearly France was your catalyst, but I don't know what mine is. What would you say to them? I think you do know, <laughs> be the coach, right? <laughs> what they are passionate about and what's most important to them. I think in the book, you know, one of the key principles is it's around values and being true to your values and knowing your values so that you are not doing things that aren't, aren't right for you. You know, you're doing things that are right for somebody else and you find yourself lost. So yeah, absolutely, France was the key for me and it's probably not the key for most people, but knowing or finding, you know, what your values are and then and then starting there, using that as a starting point, that will get you going in the right direction. Yeah, you know what's interesting is the more I think about this, France may have been the catalyst, but I think it was your ability to sit in stillness and let the full vision come to you without judgment or hesitation? I think so. And I think that, and as, as we talk about this more, I think, well, was France the catalyst or was, was there something else? And I think about it and I think, well, I had always considered myself a homebody. Mm -hmm. As I said, I'd never saw myself traveling to Europe. Um, before 2013, I didn't have a passport. So I think about that and I think, well, what got me traveling in the first place? And it was it was the death of my mother. Um, three years earlier, my father had died and then my then my mom died and I would spend all of my vacation time from work and I would um, happily go up to New Jersey and visit her. And that's where I'd spend all my time. But when both my parents were gone and there was no place to go, I thought, well, I'm not sitting at home for a week or two weeks. I remember as a child going to Quebec City, Canada, and I remember that they spoke French there. And I remembered it was such a quaint place. And I thought, hmm, well, maybe I'll go back there. But if I go, I want to speak their language. I want to speak French. So I'd spoken French in, um, or tried to learn French in high school and college. So I decided I was going to relearn French. And that was kind of like the impetus to, you know, to start traveling and to to learn the French language, which which I fell in love with. Uh, it's so beautiful. And I thought, hmm, I'm going to sound like those people sound. So I kept kept working at it. If it had been one one moment, then that could be a fleeting thing or a temporary thing. But it sounds like you had so much momentum going in that direction that I was like, well, of course, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. So what would you say is your superpower? I think what has helped me the most in the last few years is my ability to be aware, my awareness, and my awareness of of myself, of when I'm maybe spiraling down into a funk, right, mm -hmm. um, and catching that, and so that I don't, you know, get there and stay there for weeks on end, that it's, you know, it's a couple hours, and I'm like, okay, you got to have a plan, okay, you got to do your vision board, you got to refocus, um, but also my awareness of awareness of other people and their energy. Mm -hmm. I think that that helps me to uh, navigate situations and to, you know, even though I'm an introvert and I'm kind of quiet, I feel like I can, 
I can meet people and make friends just about anywhere, which is, has helped me to make this leap to France. That's awesome. And what would you say is your kryptonite? Hmm. That would be stress of any kind, right? So anytime that, you know, the, when, when things are going well, I can be highly aware, but when, for example, when I got here, I had this apartment all lined up and it was um, really, I, I thought it was going to be really nice, but it had this awful smell of sore gas, <laughs> which was making <laughs> me sick. <laughs> and so here I am in this foreign country, having paid some rent, a couple months rent for it and realizing I can't wake up and have a headache every every morning. And so I found another apartment that's like a stone's throw from the, 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 the old apartment. And um, but the landlord, who is a very nice woman, um, felt pressured <laughs> and I was, you know, reading her energy as I don't know, just it just felt I felt pressured. And so she wanted me to make a decision very quickly and I couldn't do it. I, but I, I felt that my ability to be aware and, 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 and read that energy had been um, encroached upon. <laughs> For sure. I'm, I'm just thinking of all of the times that I felt like pressured to make a quick decision. And then looking back, if I had just taken a breath and even a couple minutes, what I would have done differently. Well, yeah, and I there's this uh, new age philosopher called name um, his name is Stuart Wilde, and some people think he's a quack, but so he every now and then he would he had he, I think he's passed now, but he'd say something that just really stood out to me, and one of the things that he said was so act until you know, right, and so that and I hear I heard that you know when I was trying to you know, make this decision. I'm like, no, I have the right to mm -hmm. step back and not be pressured into making this decision um, until I'm absolutely sure. Don't act until you know, and you have a right to do so. <laughs> well, this has been awesome. It's been so great to catch up with you. It's been a while. And I'm so happy to hear you're doing well and the vision board is emerging and the second book is on its way. And we will definitely circle back. But if people want to check out Growing Gold, where can they go find a copy? Amazon.com. All right. And we will have a link in the show notes to it so you can pick yourself up a copy. And you can either speak in French or English to Patricia. She is available for both. Um, and you can go <laughs> visit her in per Perpignan. I'd like to use my French accent. Oui, oui. <laughs> but Patricia, thank you so much. And for all the Spitfires out there. Thanks so much for checking out episode 20 with Patricia Brooks. If you'd like to pick up a copy, go to Amazon. We're going to have a link to it for Growing Bold. She's up to big stuff. I can't wait to see what she's up to next. And if you haven't, go over to Apple Podcasts, subscribe to the Spitfire Podcast, or check us out at spitfirepodcast.com. Leave us a review. We would love to hear how we're doing. And of course, we love those five stars. And you, keep being awesome.